Gospel according to Mark, the seventh chapter. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were unclean, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with unclean hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. This is the gospel of our Lord. There they are again, the small knot of Pharisees walking up the path, pointed and whispered among themselves. Does the high priest know that they're out here? What's with all the crowds? Aren't they tired of hearing his outrageous teachings yet? The group halted. Suddenly, each of their mouths dropped open to their chins before they had to turn away in disgust. But one of them suddenly spoke up. Hey, wait a minute. Now we have him. Jesus' men are completely ignoring the law. They started eating that bread without washing first. Their unclean hands infects the bread and now makes them unclean. If we can expose them to the crowds, then the people will be horrified and will flee from them. We'll no longer have to deal with this Jesus and his ridiculous claims. So the group of men turned on the disciples and Jesus with a glint in their eyes. Slick grins split their faces, looking more like snarls than smiles. The leader of the small band of Pharisees sidled right up next to Jesus and the others surrounded the disciples. Say, Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with unclean hands? There. He had said unclean hands loudly enough to alert the crowds to the disciples' disgusting disregard for the law. He couldn't wait to hear Jesus' answer. No doubt it would be some fumbling excuse that showed the crowds the true nature of this man and his merry men. Jesus started softly, though, almost as if he were speaking to himself, but just, just loudly enough that all the Pharisees could hear him. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. The leader's face started turning a deep, unnatural shade of red. What? How 
dare he? Hypocrites, he calls us. We are not the ones who ignore all the laws. But before he can make one word of protest, Jesus continues. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. Now the leader of the Pharisees could not even interject his rage. There were no words to use against what Jesus had said. His mind was so clouded by anger, and he had been so intent on making Jesus and his disciples into fools. But now the tables were turned, and he was the one who felt foolish. As the group turned and walked away, the leader thought, how does this happen again and again? This is quite a scene. It's one that we see actually a lot throughout the Gospels in form. The Pharisees and other denouncers of Jesus seize opportunities which they think will help them get Jesus out of favor with the crowds. They think that with their laws and accusations that they can break the bond between Jesus and his people. That they can show a fraud where the Son of Man stood. They think that they can break through what they see as a spell that Jesus has cast over the people. What they find when they try, though, is that this is no spell and that Jesus is no fraud. The Son of God rebukes them over and over. He calls them out and suddenly turns the conversation on them, pulling their sins out into the sunlight. We see this happen today in the gospel when Jesus goes back to the prophet Isaiah and quotes to the Pharisees a section that names them as hypocrites, people who say one thing and believe another. He accuses them of worshiping God only with their lips and not in their hearts. And Jesus does this because he can see their game. The Pharisees come to Jesus claiming to be concerned about the disciples not following the laws of God. But the truth is, they really don't care as much about the law as they do about finding flaws with Jesus and his followers, and also about feeding their own self-righteousness. And that's why Jesus quotes Isaiah about people honoring God with their lips, but their hearts being far from him. The law has really become for these Pharisees more of a weapon for them to use against others. It's no longer something that they follow to show their love for or their commitment to God. The law has become for the Pharisees a contest of who can look the part of the most devoted Jew. And Jesus, he doesn't want anything, anything to do with that kind of show. He wants the people to understand that there is more to faith in God and love of God than a law-abiding contest. All along in the Gospels, we see Jesus abolish the law and reorder our thinking about it. We see evidence, in fact, of it all over the Bible. As Jesus breaks through our human traditions and ideals, he shatters them. And then when he puts the pieces back together, they take on this whole new form. And he does it again today in our gospel lesson. 
He takes what the Pharisees are saying about being unclean, and he changes the whole order of things. Listen, listen closely to what he says. Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. So basically, Jesus says that it's not by eating bread with unwashed hands or hearing people swear or seeing the violence on TV that makes us unclean. And it's with this statement that he breaks through the human tradition. See, the Pharisees accused the disciples of not following the law of the elders by not washing. This was the human tradition that Jesus breaks down. But he's not done because the pieces also need to be reordered. They need to take on a new form, and so he's going to do that for us now. Nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. For from within, out of people's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. Whoa! The picture looks completely different now. God's law now shows us that it's what comes from the inside that makes us unclean. It isn't about the things on the outside. So no matter how well we dress, how easily we say the right things, how well we know the Bible or other churchy things, it's not about those things that make us clean or unclean. We know that no matter what the outside looks like, The inside can be a whole different story. And all the stuff in the world that weighs us down has to come from somewhere. See, we know Jesus is speaking the truth here because let's think about it logically. If no one had any of these things on the list, like greed or murder or deceit, inside them, they never would have been portrayed on the outside in the first place, right? Think about it. All the violence in the world, what we see on the news, in video games, portrayed in cop dramas like SVU and CSI, they have to come from somewhere. It's not just floating around until someone saw it for the first time and then showed it to someone else and they showed it to someone else. All that unclean stuff comes from within us and we put it out there. It's pretty uncomfortable, isn't it? The Gospel Lenson ends with that list, and Jesus telling us that we are unclean. Basically, Jesus tells the crowd and us that no matter what we eat, or what we see, or how many times we wash, we are still unclean. This is the law of God. So now what? How are we to be cleansed? There has to be more. There has to be, right? And you're right, there is. There's good news. We are never left only with one word of the law because God always speaks to us, not in one, but in two words, law and gospel. You see, the law tells us that we are sinners, that we are unclean to our core. And the gospel, or good news, 
tells us how we are loved and made clean by God. The second word comes to us as a promise. It is in the undercurrent of all of these texts, of the whole Bible. Every time we see Jesus break apart the tradition of men and order a new way, we are reminded of all that God makes new. Jesus is sent into the world because things aren't working the way they were set up. The tradition has always been that of the old covenant between God and the Israelites. The agreement that says we will be saved by following all of the laws and by doing all of the right things. But you know that God, he's pretty smart. And he sees that it's not working. He knows that we are so unclean that it's impossible for us to save ourselves. And so he breaks through even that old agreement by sending Jesus Christ. God, God becomes flesh in Jesus Christ. He walks among the people and he leads them. He leads them all the way to the cross. And it's now, before the cross, that we see our sins shown most boldly as they hold our Savior to that rugged tree. This is his purpose, to wash you clean, to take away all of the evil thoughts, the sexual immorality, the theft and murder and adultery and greed, to take away the malice and the deceit and the lewdness and the envy, to remove from you the slander and the arrogance and the folly, all those things within us that make us unclean, Jesus takes them upon himself. He willingly takes them upon himself and hangs on the cross. And as our sin holds him to that wood, he dies. Now when Christ, who takes all that is unclean on himself, gives up his last breath, here, folks, here is the good news. All of our sin is killed with him. It's gone. It's taken from us, destroyed completely, beaten once and for all. And we know this because Jesus' death isn't the end. It's not the end of the story because he rose again. Christ lives for, for each of us today, tomorrow, yesterday, every day as our Redeemer and Savior. He cleanses us. And this cleansing is a new order, a new way. In fact, a whole new life for us outside and inside. Now, is that good news or what? Amen.